ready? Ready. <laughs> Who could be? Well, too bad. <laughs> what was that? You ready? Too bad. Too bad. Okay. there time all right well hello welcome to entertain this is a podcast about movies tv shows and video games my name is hayden with me i have mitch hello and tan hi tan our 12 year old friend yeah oh, a guy constantly farts for our intro oh, like that's something new um we've heard your complaints about that just hit find tom's twitter and see if you can harass him about it oh wait he doesn't have <laughs> good one. luck finding my twitter <laughs> all right uh before we get started with my double whammy punishment mitch social media you can go to entertainthispodcast.com, which will take you to our Entertain This Facebook group and page. You can also go to Twitter, which is at this entertain, or our Instagram, which is at entertain.this. Okay, I had to watch two movies. The first movie I had to watch was called Adventures in Dino, Dino City. Oh, yeah. All right, so let me start with that one. This was a 1994 movie. Well, while you're looking that up, just, just so you movie. know, do you, do you, did you recognize the little kid, Omri Katz? No. He is the same guy from Hocus Pocus that was lighting the candle. Oh. That's the same kid. He was the virgin. Zachary. Yeah. Zachary. Yeah. Or not, no, not Zachary. Uh, what was his name in that movie? I don't even remember. That'd well, be a good trivia uh, Hocus question. Pocus was definitely an upgrade for him. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so this was a 1992 movie, and it was made by... Uh, a man. Actually, the Disney Channel distri- distributed it at one point, but... Um, let's just go ahead and say it was made by the United Kingdom. <laughs> <laughs> it was made by England. <laughs> the country got together and went, we're going to make a movie, aren't Every- we? We're going to do a film and you're going to line up in a queue and watch it, aren't you? Everybody who is listed in the production slash direction of this movie has obnoxious en- English names. Does not have a, a Wikipedia link, so. Okay. There's names. no hyperlinks. The no. names are all in black letters and not blue. That's right. So, uh, the plot of this movie. Well, three kids uh, are hanging out, doing what cool kids do, uh, I guess, in high school. I don't really know what their age is. I don't know. Old enough for for the girl to be, like, you know, sexified at some point in the movie. But that's besides the point. I'll get to that (laughs) in in a minute. But these three kids, they're, like, watching cartoons about dinosaurs. And they're super into it. Like, the dinosaurs do this. High school kids. Yeah. they, They do this dance. Well, the one kid's a little younger than the other. Two. Then why are the two older kids hanging out with them? It's her little brother. She's no, it's a, not. Oh, it's not? No. Oh, then I don't know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm as confused as you are. No, so. no I am confused. Yeah. I, I don't know brother. what's going on here. So, like, the, uh, the, they're, they're watching, and they, do, they keep doing this stupid dance. It's you only move your arms, and you make these fists, and you, like, swing them. With, it's like fists and elbows just going crazy, <laughs> you know? And, they, and they, they do that all the time throughout the movie. And it's stupid. It's like they think that's going to catch on or something like that. Uh, but they watch this uh, this tape of it's basically a ripoff of the Flintstones, like uh-huh. to the animation of it, the Stone Flint. Yeah, and then um, they start slowly kind of introducing the dinosaurs that are involved in that. But there's like two Rex, which is the T Rex. That's easy to remember. And the Triceratops. I think his name is Brian Tops. Believe it or not. Tops. <laughs> yeah. And uh, then they have a flying bat thing 
His name is Kevin. Quarry? Qu- I can't remember his name. I don't know. They, every time they said it, it was always like, <laughs> so I, I, I don't know what it was. But, uh, <laughs> mumble. Yeah, they just like it. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, stupid. They, they watch the tape. The parents are like, you know, I think his name is Timmy, believe it or not. Uh, Timmy, we're going to a science convention. Goodbye. Because his parents are parents like always really go to science, science conventions. Yeah. Oh, I was, I, was, I was thinking, I was like, all right, what's going to be the MacGuffin? Is it magic? Are they going to stumble upon the Necronomicon? And they cut to smart scientist parents. And I was like, ah, there it is. <laughs> and then. Uh, like brilliant scientist parents in the basement. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They're just working on, like, I don't and know. Neglecting s- their kids because yeah. they're busy doing science. Yeah. They're like uh, forgetting to make breakfast and stuff like that. But they're late for the science convention. So they, they, kiss, science. they kiss Timmy goodbye. They say, don't go in the lab. So what does he do? He goes in the lab. He goes in the lab because they want to watch dinosaurs on the big screen. <laughs> the big screen happens to be a portal to another dimension. So the way that this dimension works is you put the VHS of whatever movie you want to watch, and you go into that movie. That's pretty cool. That is pretty cool. But the, I don't think that that was the intended, you know. Yeah. But they had, a v8, they had a tape cassette thing hooked up to their science stuff. So yeah. they were probably getting there. But uh, so they go to dinosaur land, and uh, – they pop out of his door, and you'd think it'd be like, I don't know, uh, prehistoric, like, you know, not buildings and stuff. But they come out in this, like, industrial lava complex. Like, yeah. you know, and they're, like, rolling around on the ground and this Rizzo the Rat-esque pterodactyl <laughs> thing on the ground with, like, a stupid New York accent is, is like... <laughs> what are you doing here? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's like, hey, man, you know, really annoying with his high-pitched voice. How you doing? And... uh you know, he, he thinks that they're one of the Rocky crew or something like that, yeah. which are these apes that were humans that run around and terrorize dinosaurs. Just the cavemen. <laughs> okay, but the the factions and all of this was very confusing because the, the dinosaurs are like w- one group of people and the human, the cavemen are another group of people. They call them Neanderthals, but they are definitely human because they keep, you know, sexually upping this girl that's a caveman in this. And then... Um, they're all owned by another dinosaur. Yeah. I think it was supposed to be a mystery. So he's like a pimp? I don't know. He, he's like their ringleader. He's like the boss. He okay. even talks in like... like an evil gang in dinosaur of dinosaurs. Dinosaurs. He, yeah. he, he reminds me of the claw from Inspector Gadget, the way that he talks. I'll get you next time, Inspector Gadget. Yeah, anyways. But, um, <laughs> While he pests the cat. Yeah. But uh, so like he's cloaked the entire time, and mm-hmm. you're like, okay, that's a dinosaur, you know, because <laughs> he's huge. And then, uh, but then like they cut to like at one point, there's an evil-looking dinosaur talking, and then you recognize the voice. And I'm like, oh, they're not going to, like, grand reveal it. It's just like, <laughs> we knew you knew all along kind of thing. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, but so the, the kids team up with uh, Rex and Tops and uh, basically guilt them into saving the world because the lava pits are going to explode. And a lot of just talking happens, which is a really dumb for a kid's movie. They're literally just talking. 99% of the time, or doing really poorly choreographed fights. Like, like the bar scene. Like the bar fights and stuff like that, <laughs> where, like, the, the, the older kid learns he can fight. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, He learns he knows how to do this. Yeah, Tops, he just, Tops is really good at kicking. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, they put, like, Jackie Chan in that outfit or something yeah. like that. And they kept, like, zooming in on his jiggly prosthetic butt. <laughs> and I'm like, what is going on with that? Why am I looking at that? He had like stuff? a floppy head. Yeah, his little floppy ter- or triceratops. But his butt cheeks. Yeah. So, so like, firm. He would stand up like butt in camera, <laughs> you know, and then run at the bad guys. But, uh, yeah. It, it, I mean, if I was a six-year-old kid, I probably would have been super into it if that was, like, the, the norm for You're TV the at the time. Dino butts? No, the, the 
plot and gist of the movie. You know, prosthetic dudes running around beating up bad, well, well like, sort of bad guys. In the, in the bar, there's one scene where, like, Rex, because he's a little less maneuverable with his dinosaur stuff, basically, he's just taking the caveman, he's just throwing him up in the air, it catches him, throws him up in the air. Yeah, stupid stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. So it's yeah. Just, Timmy, yeah. he's got the superpower of the remote where he can freeze and fast forward and reverse people. Mm-hmm. Um, Nick, yeah, or is it Dick? So Nick, Nick can like fight good. He learns that, and then uh, Jamie, the girl, she's got the superpower of being a girl <laughs> because the ultimate power. Yeah, essentially, at one point they put her in a little caveman outfit, and she like you know seduces cave dudes, and then, like, <sighs> yeah, and then she beats them up, you know, because she's a girl and she can fight too. Um, so and then you know they uh they they get to the end of the movie. They like sounds ridiculous. It's it it's pretty bad. And they they get the the portal put back up, and they're like, "We love you, goodbye," you know. And they're like, "You, you know, Timmy wants to stay." And they're like, "No, Timmy, your world belongs over there." You know, go live your life and stuff like that. And so, like, they go back to the portal, and Timmy sees his parents, and he's like, "Mom, Dad, check this out!" And they just go back into the freaking portal, and that's the end of it. <laughs> so, yeah. as as a kid, I love. You almost this. said a naughty word. Almost did. As a kid, I loved this movie, but I tried to rewatch it the other like a week or two ago, and I was like, I cannot. Stomach this movie it. sucks. Yes. It, it was really bad. <laughs> it was really bad. Not as bad as Shark Side of the Moon. Oh, and I was surprised by this because Shark Side of the Moon like came out this year, twenty twenty two. So, so it's, it's bad, apparently. You know what? So I tried to research information in this movie. There isn't any. So <laughs> I'm gonna just go through the plot. All right, Russians in the Cold War era create humanoid shark people. <laughs> Guess what? They escape. And out of an entire parking lot, they choose to chase two guys into a spaceship and go to the moon. Jump forward 40 years into the future. In a parking lot, they just chase them into a spaceship? Yep. And go forward 40 years into the future. Don't read too much into it. <laughs> oh, get, buckle up. It gets better. It was Russia. It was different. Uh, they, uh, human uh, Earth, America, sends astronauts to the moon because they're going to... Do moon stuff. Well, <laughs> something about fuel. I don't know. Okay. Uh, they're going to, like, make an algae farm. They, they try to have science, but, like, when they land on the moon, they crash land because something happened. They kept saying the Van Allen belt. Like, that's, that's I don't know, astronauts didn't have that figured out, you know, 60 years ago, but uh-uh. they didn't, you know. And so they crash land on the moon, and... Uh, Sharks! Well, I'm not there yet. So they, they, uh, they get out, and they're, like, going towards some technology that they can get to help repair their ship. And uh, then literally, like, fins inside the crust of the moon come chasing at them, and then sharks burst out and eat one of the, the astronauts. And they're about to kill the other guys, and then, a, like, a harpoon sticks one of the sharks. And then a, a dude and a girl walking up sans spacesuits. They're just in the expanse, just walking up like everything's okay. And uh, that's the Russian guy and his daughter, right? Yeah. So, so they learned how to space. If you saw some guy who didn't have a spacesuit on, what would be the first thing you would ask? How are you? How alive? are you alive? Yeah, not like. Well, I mean, the, the what they asked was like, you know, how do we get out of here, or like, what's going on, or you know, they should have said like, yeah, Where's how are your you alive? Spacesuit. Yeah, you know, or maybe like, oh, if he can breathe, I could take my helmet off. And then, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't do that, but so the Russian guy and his daughter. Uh, uh, get away and mind you two men two Russian men went to the moon so uh-huh. somehow one of them died on the way there 
uh, but the girl shows up. Well, it turns out she's actually a shark oh, because like she's just no, she's oh. just mostly human, but she has gills, and that's how the shark breathe on the moon is with her gills. So, yeah, what? What? <laughs> yep. Uh, the the guy lives because he took algae, put it in a bag, and then puts the uh, like a like an oxygen nose thing in his nose. Right. That's how he breathes on the moon. So he doesn't need the entire suit. No, because like I don't know, it's the, not like the negative pressure is not going to rip your eyeballs out of your socket or anything like that. They covered or that. Or the they, cold they put, expanse of space. Yeah, they put a goggle over their eyes. It keeps their. So their he's eyes. got the BS oxygen tube uh-huh. pumping oxygen directly into yeah. his nostrils. It's like they rented the costumes, the astronaut costumes, for like thirty minutes, and then they're like, "We can't use these anymore." So instead, they put basically. Uh, Nonsense. They they have like a chainmail. Uh, what are those like medieval peasants wear? A cowl. Yeah, they wear that, and these goggles and a, like an oxygen thing. And the the main dude, I guess he's the main dude. He replaces one of the people in the American astronaut crew to uh, go to the moon. And uh, and it's really stupid how that happens. She's they're about to launch, and she's like, "Ooh, I shouldn't have eaten these tacos." And <laughs> And then they just like rip her out and they put so it in. So she has sudden horrible onset diarrhea. Yeah. And they put this guy. And they're in. just like, well, she went to Taco Bell before we did this, so she's not going to space. Pretty she's much. She's going to defecate all over her spacesuit. <laughs> Pretty much. Which is white. And they're like, oh, get, bring in the replacement. Everybody's like, oh, man. And they show this it's like just guy. some dude sitting on the bench, just no, dressed up like an astronaut. It's a, like, it's a I'm dude. in coach. It's a dude driving his motorcycle and he's supposed to look really cool and stuff like that. And then like 30 minutes into the film, he's got the, the, the cowl on. With his flappy ear things and his goggle and an oxygen mask, he's running around with like a stick, you know, stabbing, in space on the moon. CG sharks, you know, it's just really hard to keep up with. All right, so anyways, the plot of this movie: <laughs> sharks, sharks want to take over Earth. They're going to use the astronauts, uh, American astronauts, as shuttle to get back to Earth with all of their shark babies that they've been cultivating for forty years. And wreak havoc on the well, earth. I was like, because only two sharks went to the moon originally, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, and they no, were busy. A bunch of sharks. All the sh- all the sharks went to the moon that were hybrid or whatever. Oh, okay. Because they chased just those two guys. Okay. Not everybody else was scurrying from that place. <laughs> um, and uh, so the the sharks are ran by this uh, mom shark. Her name is like Shiva or something stupid, and uh, she tries to like win over uh, the girl. Her name is Akula, the human shark. They're all human sharks, but the mostly human shark back over. And uh, she doesn't want to give in to the dark side. And so they call in the, the big one. Hang on. Let me finish. I'm lost. Just just stick with me here. She, they call in the big one, and it's a whale shark that chases them all throughout the moon and tries to eat them. Well, she just throws her spear at the big one, and it goes, and it runs off because that was, you know, I guess painful enough. It was basically throwing up. A toothpick at it. But, uh, <laughs> ah, ow! Yeah. ow. Um, Who throws a shoe? <laughs> and then at, at the end, the Russian that has been there for 40 years is like, I've got a plan. I'm going to crash my original spaceship that could fly the entire freaking time into the moon and blow it up. You guys escape somehow. And they're like, well, how? Because our space shuttle's crashed. And he's like, nah. Yeah, and he just <laughs> runs off and goes. Yeah. So this... How do you think they get off the moon? Magic. They, they fly. Pretty much magic. <laughs> so what happens is the big one eats the uh, the people. The moon explodes. They use the big one as a shuttle. Basically, it basically like uh, uh, fossilizes around them, 
and gets propelled back to Earth. And they don't burn up on a re-entry. They don't burn up. They don't die of oxygen deprivation or, or exposure. Or the fact that they're crashing into the Earth at yeah. like Mach 8. They <laughs> land on the Earth. The, the, the shark turns into a literal boat. Like a lifeboat out of nowhere. I don't. I, don't, I can't explain this. It just does. <laughs> they, there's a boat that comes out of the water and they're on it. And then you're telling me these things, but I'm having a really hard time believing. I, it. I was watching it and I was like, I am awake, right? <laughs> and then this is in a dream. And then am the, I high? The hybrid shark lady. Okay, so it's just the the cool guy, yeah, Marge, the space guitar, the space commander lady, and then the hybrid shark lady. They're on this lifeboat. She starts going, oh, my stomach. And she starts doing like the, and you're like, what? She's pregnant? And she's like, I don't know how I'm pregnant. And she births out a baby, hybrid shark. shark. Right. And then she's like, I need to take care of my babies. And then she jumps into the water. And what? baby sharks come out of everywhere. And then the two humans look at each other and like, oh, no, we're dead. And that's the end of the movie. What? What? Yes. All right. That's the story. <laughs> I haven't even told you about the worst parts. Let's talk about the editing. Okay. I had no idea what was going on because of the editing. They would cut back and forth and reuse footage of earlier stuff that they had showed before so many times to save money, like on the shark animations and yeah. stuff like that. Like they killed off the same shark like five times and he kept showing back up. <laughs> and I was like, I thought that dude was dead. Where is he here? You know, there was, he's been dead for the last 45 minutes. Yeah. There's one shark. His name was Scar, and uh, her her name was Scar. She gets impaled, uh huh. And then everybody's really all the shark people are really mad about that. All right, but then you see her running around a spaceship before it explodes. You know, you see her biting some dude's leg off, and all other, all those other things. Yeah, it's it's so stupid. Like they, they they really could only afford. And when the sharks would run in like army formations, mm-hmm. they literally animated three sharks, copied and pasted. Like eight times <laughs> over to make it look like an army. So you so say this is like Neil Breen quality. Oh yeah, I mean, yeah, it's pretty bad. It's pretty. The editing was so that's the editing. Okay, Neil Breen's editing was pretty good though. The the lines were pretty pretty brutal, and you you heard one of the lines. Those are special effects, you know. Uh, there's a couple of other things that they Not just good. explained things away. You know, uh, like how, how the oxygen worked. They would say sciencey things like Van Allen belt, like. People don't understand what the you know <laughs> magnetic atmosphere and stuff like that would do. You know, it, it was just yeah. Like like from a should, science fiction standpoint, I feel like we need to watch these together and do commentary. <laughs> like it really hurt me because it was a science fiction movie and it took everything science fiction. It was it, it was right like, out the window. It was like a four year old wrote what what is it? Axe Cop, where the whole show is written by a four year old and like a actual legit production company just makes it for the fun of it. You know. It was like that, but everybody was taking it very seriously, you know? Well, right. just from the description, I was like, the person who ever did this never went to school and learned anything about science. Or film. <laughs> so They slept know. through science. There was a couple times where the actors would look at the camera. <laughs> like, somebody would say something stupid, and they would look at the camera like, I'm really supposed to say this? <laughs> you know? Like, things like that. Like, they, here's another thing, too. This is the logic of this movie. They made spears out of moonstone because it's the only thing sharp enough to cut the shark's skin. Right, but the sharks are swimming through the moon. How can they do that? <laughs> yes. Wait, what do you mean swimming? So through it's like the moon? tremors. Yeah, they're like they're, they're, they're like like they're not their fin is out of the ground. Oh. Like they're swimming. Yeah, like tremors. So yes, I'm very confused. Yeah. yeah, and they land on the dark side of the moon. What do you think would happen when you walk out of your spaceship in the dark side of the moon? Freeze. To Freeze. Death? 
It would uh, well if you're in your spacesuit. Okay. Oh. All right. Well, it's dark. It would be dark, right? Yeah. It's not dark. <laughs> so they, I don't know where they landed. There's no sunlight. It's blocked by the entire moon. And they would they would do these like super wide shots of them walking out of their spaceships, and they would do it like not in slow motion or like slow down or frame jack the thing. They they would have the actors just like awkwardly like Power Ranger monster walk <laughs> out of the spaceship like they're pretending they're on the moon. And then you could tell it was on a soundstage or, I don't know, a backyard. And then they just keyed in the moon around them because there's no contact shadows. It looked so cheesy. Did it actually look like the moon? It was like they took a NASA image of the moon and just comped it into the background. Okay. Yeah. So it's kind of like Velocipaster goes to China. Yeah. He's just in the woods behind someone's house. Yeah, it was something like that. And, like, you could see, like, all these rocks had, like, these very vibrant teeming shadows streaking off of them. And then the astronauts will walk out and they're like keyed in like bright as day with no contact shadows. It's just awful looking. And then the sharks were all stupid, <laughs> ugly, dumb sharks. And then like they would, they, every time they would start to talk, they would show like their mouth start to move and they're cut away. So they didn't have to animate it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh. They speak only Russian, except for the the, the mom shark because she's smart. She can speak English. Not that, Russian sharks. That would that's another thing. That's what they would do. They'd be like, "Speak English." They can understand it. It was just like you just didn't want to Google translate too many Russian things. You didn't want to figure <laughs> out how to speak Russian. Yeah. Oh man, that was a that was an amazing tale. That was an awful movie. What did you give this movie? A one. This is the worst <laughs> movie I have ever seen to date. Even first so far. Yes. Even over Samurai Cop. Way worse than Samurai Cop. Oh yes. Samurai. We beat it. We beat yes! Samurai Cop. This was the like this this rubbed me so many of the wrong ways. Like ah uh, man, like it. There's nothing science fiction about this. It's stupid. It's just nuts. The only, the, the best part about this movie is the pun in the title. That's it's it. It's just stupid. <laughs> Ah, oh, you got me so mad. I, I got to- punished as well, but it wasn't that bad <laughs> compared to what I just w- heard. I hate this movie. I need you to give me like the little a paragraph thing on so I can put it on my letterbox for us. <laughs> You're going to put it on your fridge, Mitch? No, no, <laughs> on, the, on the letterboxed app. I got you. All right. <laughs> Tom? Uh, I can keep I, talking I about this movie. I play a game, but uh, <laughs> to be honest, compared to what you just heard, <laughs> I, I, I don't really have much to tell you. <laughs> um, I played a game called Fate Tactics. Uh it's a ta- uh, strategic uh, RPG game. I didn't like it. I don't think I didn't like it as much as Hayden didn't like the shark's side of the moon. Yeah, man. <laughs> um, I'm really it's mad got apparently it. good <laughs> reviews, <laughs> but it, like he's shaking. <laughs> it's like um, yeah. people like this game. I did not just because I don't like RPGs. Okay. Um, Except for Skyrim. What was the story? Skyrim's not an RPG. What was the plot? Um, you're a woman who's a descendant of a witch because uh-huh. the magic world was sealed away by the elemental gates many, many, many centuries before. Automatically better than Shark Side of the Moon. Yes. Um, so a witch uh, opened all the gates and the magic world and the normal world collided with each other, resulting in a lot of death and chaos and destructions mm-hmm. of continents. So okay. now they kind of live in a tenuous peace, and that's kind of where you pick up. Huh. As you go and find out you're like the most magical woman of all time. <laughs> the most magical woman of all time. With your dog and your bird sidekick. <laughs> what was it like the animation good? No. Okay. Um it's it's pixely on purpose. Uh Okay. It's it's like it's a weird like three D kind of to do where you have like a very small map you're looking at, maybe like twenty by twenty mm-hmm. spaces you can move. You know, you can go vertical or horizontal, you know, whatever, mm-hmm. diagonals. But uh, 
I mean, the combat's all like magic based, and it's 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 RPG combat. I really want you guys to watch Shark Side of the Moon. I don't want to watch this movie. <laughs> I feel like I watched it. You feel like you watched? <laughs> um, I don't know what I watched. I mean, I give this game like a four out of ten. Uh-huh. I mean, I don't like it personally because I don't like that style. Mm. But I mean, that's just a me preference. Uh, I understand it has a really good rating on Steam. Has a really good okay. overall rating. I guess whatever the company was, I have to look it up and tell you what it was. But apparently, they've had some some good uh, games here in the past. That was a hail mary attempt to try and find a bad video game. <laughs> I mean, I don't like it. It's not my uh, normal to do. Oh man! I don't know who made this game. Uh, uh, who made this? Uh, it's a lot easier to find bad movies. Endless yeah. fluff games. Yeah. Well, I mean, it was apparently uh, the campaign itself. Like, I guess the main story. It's at least sixty hours. To get through it, <sighs> continuous, which is, I mean, not bad. Yep, that's a pretty in-depth campaign compared to what we've seen recently, <laughs> except for like maybe Elden Ring because that was three months <laughs> it took us to beat the game. Yeah, but that was a hard game too. <laughs> there was a lot of suffering. Yes, there was, especially a the lot beginning. of suffering involved. It's the very beginning and the very end, especially. <laughs> <laughs> Let's kill this guy. No, <laughs> it doesn't work that way. <laughs> And until we went to New Game Plus, and we just started murking everybody. Yeah, then, then then they had it coming. Did you start playing last night? No, I didn't start playing. Okay, me and Evan talked about it. we we were we were discussing jumping back into Elden Ring. Oh yeah, okay. If Mitch, if you're interested, be fun. I, I'm like nauseous actually talking about that show. So <laughs> I, I've never Sorry. felt so like physically affected by a TV show before, or a movie before. That that really. To be honest, I find that actually amazing. I'm glad that was a good punishment then. It was. Yeah. Uh, my punishment was not nearly as bad. In fact, quite forgettable. Uh, I watched a movie because I had movies. All right, go ahead. Mitch, if you want to press the button. I just left it in there. Yeah. It was good. I watched Enola Holmes too. Oh yeah, was that that, that was a movie? I was going to already on, come out. Yeah, was, it's on Netflix. I was going to watch that today, but uh, Mitch, did you program my Sarah McLaughlin bit? No, I didn't have. I don't have that. Tom, start singing, please. <laughs> <laughs> in the no, 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 no. I, I will remember you. I don't. I don't know that one. You're connected. I, I'll take too long. Oh. I I will remember you. I don't know. I watched the movie. It was, it but anyways, was uh, my TV, my TV died. Netflix. My TV died, so I, w- I couldn't uh, watch, you know, or play any video games today. So um, I have to go buy. Noah Holmes too. It was an all right movie. I never. Saw all right, let's talk about one. you, Tom. Go. Yeah, I'm just trying to get through what I want to get through, <laughs> so I can listen to your uh, amazing renditions and tales of things you've seen and done. I was crying about um, my TV. It's a uh, uh, what's her face, Millie Bobby Brown and. Henry Cavill mm-hmm. rep- reprised their roles. I've never seen the first one. So. I never saw the first one. <laughs> I saw this one. I watched the first one. It wasn't bad. Uh, it's definitely a girl power kind of movie, mm-hmm. as obviously probably intended. And they <laughs> kind of throw they, they throw a little bit of shade at uh, Henry Cavill Sherlock Holmes with him like not being able to figure something out, and then she figures it out. Yeah, and he's like, oh yeah. Like, <laughs> the the weirdest part is looking at him dressed up as Sherlock Holmes because he's still jacked, <laughs> and it's like I. I know you're huge. Like <laughs> you're a yo. Like you could kill all these people if you wanted to with your bare hands. 
like I'm, I'm like looking at Geralt of Rivia with a terrible haircut, no beard, and and a less gravelly <sighs> voice. Uh, it's not a bad movie. Uh, also features Helena Bonham Carter. Uh, I think she plays Anola Holmes's mom or something. Well, but, uh, I'm not going to spoil the plot, but basically, a brief sum of the plot is uh, some girls who are working. Oh yeah, yeah, working. Uh, working class them, girls. One of them disappears. Um, she's running her own detective agency. It's not doing well because they all want Sherlock Holmes instead of her. <laughs> um, one of them enlists her help, and she gets all involved mm-hmm. uh, tracking it down. And uh, Moriarty is featured in this. Not in a way you'd think. <laughs> but it, it wasn't a bad movie. Um, as far as, like, Victorian stuff goes and, like, set pieces and stuff, it looked pretty good. Yeah. movie flowed pretty well. It was about two hours. Okay. Which is probably a little bit longer than a Netflix movie. Yeah, than you normally think it would be, but it wasn't a bad movie. I mean, I just kind of—I I mean, I never saw the first one. I probably should have watched the first one, and then watched this one. <laughs> it might have made it make more, a little more sense. Uh, they introduced Watson. Okay. At the very, very end, like, oh, hey, this is Doctor Watson, <laughs> and, I, and Lestrade, and like they kind of set all. I, I, they're easily setting up for a third film. Hmm. Okay. I wouldn't be entirely shocked that they did Sherlock Holmes, but Henry Cavill was Sherlock Holmes. Which would kind of be weird, because it's kind of weird seeing a dude that big, be Sherlock Holmes, going around doing mysteries and like asking questions instead of just picking dudes up by their ankle and holding them over a building. Like I'll throw you into the <laughs> abyss of death. Wrecking wreck balls. Like I I can hit you so hard you'll die. Well, <laughs> strong look people look can how, be smart too. Look how big I am. It'd be, it'd be like doing like Jason Momoa as like a detective. <laughs> <laughs> like it doesn't make sense. Um. It was a decent movie. I, I kind of enjoyed it. I give it a I give it a six point five, okay, out of ten. Well, there you go. If you're interested in watching Anola Holmes too, it's on Netflix, free to watch. What news have you for us, Tam? Uh, Gears of War, Netflix. They oh, want to wow. do it. Um, apparently, they've announced they're going to try to get it going. Uh, what's his face? Dave Bautista said he pitched him himself into yeah. it. The Gears of War creator does not want Chris Pratt. Okay. They actually said specifically we don't want him anywhere near this. I I don't why <clears throat> I saw that, but screw it's like, you, Chris Pratt. But it's yeah. like when did he ask to be in? I don't know, but they targeted Chris Pratt specifically and went, You're not gonna be in this movie. <laughs> I saw something where F they, off. I saw something where they wanted uh Dave Batista and Ryan Reynolds in it. Mm. I don't, yeah, I saw Ryan Reynolds and I was like, Who's he gonna play? Baird? I don't know. I just saw something like they wanted to try and cast them as somebody in the movie, so but I don't know who. I mean I give you Dave Batista's um What's his face? Marcus Phoenix. As, no, no, not as Marcus Phoenix. He'd be oh. Dom. Okay. He's Dom. I don't know who you get to play Marcus Phoenix. I don't know. But, I mean, maybe Ryan Reynolds could be Baird. Um, I think Tyrese Gibson would be funny as the Coltrane. <laughs> Tyrese Gibson from uh, Bullet Train? No. Which one's Tyrese Gibson? The one from Fast and Furious. Oh, okay. Yeah, I think he'd be fun as uh, the Coltrane. Eject Ocito, cuz. Yeah. <laughs> All aboard the Coltrane. Whoop whoop. <laughs> uh, I don't. I don't know who they get to play Marcus Phoenix. That'd be a toughie. You got to get somebody with like a face that's like nondescript. <laughs> yeah. It's like his face was made by somebody who like had a like could have did better, but they just didn't have a lot of time. <laughs> okay. I mean, you could be, you could do it. No, okay. Uh, ready to move on to TV? Yeah. We- <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, my God! 
They it's killed Kenny. Kenny. How you doing? Holy taxation. You're right again, Batman. You know something? <laughs> no soup for you. Speaking of Batman. Yes. Let's all take a moment. Tom, go ahead and sing the, In the Arms of the Angel. I don't know. I don't know. The you, you were singing that one. I just know. In the, in the arms of the angel. Because I remember seeing the sad dogs. Yeah, yeah. I, don't, I don't know the rest of them. And that. cats. Kevin Conroy, the voice of Batman and basically our childhood, died it, this week. Yeah. So yes. I was going to say There will be uh, never as good of an animated Batman, you know, in my opinion. Ever to last. I wonder if Mark Hamill said anything about he it. He did. He did. He's I posted, posted a couple of things. Yep. Yeah, yeah. I, I reshared the, uh, the little quote he said, but talk, he was talked about how, you know, his Joker never would have been as popular as it was without Kevin. So. Kevin Conroy was the only guy that could do, like, a very distinct Bruce uh, Bruce Wayne and a Batman He was voice. the first one to do the split voice. Yeah, and, yeah. but he, could, he did it so well. Like, nobody uh, to this day could do it that well. Everybody else just sounded like they're talking like this if they're Batman. Yeah. You know, but he Redneck like, Batman? Yeah. Well, you know. D- quick to the bat swamp. <laughs> <laughs> to the bat uh, But anyways. Get yeah. my gator boat. I mean, my bat boat. What was he, like 72? No, 66. he was 66. He was what? 66. 66. That's a, that's a young. He had, uh, yeah. cancer. That's super young. Oh, that sucks. Well. I think he actually, he did a live action. He he, he was recorded. I don't know if they're ever going to do it. He did a live action where he was, uh, he he was, was an older Batman in, in the Batwoman show. Mm-hmm. Oh. But it was in like one of those like crossover things between all the DC, DC CW shows. That sucks. At least he got a chance to do a live. I should have given him something better than that. So, But he was the best ba- voice of Batman. For oh, sure. Yeah. He was sure. in all the Arkham games and most of the Arkham games. All right, well, moving on to my review. I've been watching a show that I've actually quite enjoyed. It is a science fiction show. And it surprise, is, surprise. It is intentionally funny. It's called Avenue 5. Okay. And uh, it's on uh, HBO. And uh, it was a, I think it's produced uh, originally for the UK by Sky UK. Mm-hmm. I don't know how you get that. But anyways, HBO for us Americans... <laughs> and it stars Hugh Laurie, uh, Josh Gad, Zach Woods, Rebecca Front, and some other people you haven't heard of. But uh, it's basically The Office in space. Okay. I don't know, I don't know if I'd like that because I don't like The Office. You don't like The Office? That show's not funny. Yes, oh. it was. No, it's not. I've never even seen the whole thing, and it's, it's pretty funny. I love The Office. Well, it has that kind of, like, goofy humor. So uh, – Josh Gad is basically Elon Musk, and uh, he has a commercialized cruise lining spaceship, which the captain of is Hugh Laurie, and uh, they're going on like a three-week voyage in space when uh, the people who actually know how to operate the ship, which are not the actors that are running it, like Hugh Laurie and the people who are fake pushing buttons on the bridge and stuff like that, yeah, uh, they're working on a pipe and something happens and... Uh, the the cap the real captain like the gr- gritty engineer guy gets like ejected into space and dies, and uh, um, so now that nobody knows who how how to run the, the spaceship is like alive except for like his uh, underling uh, engineer girl, she's essentially trying to relay all this technical information to Hugh Laurie who's trying to you know pretend to be the captain he, he keeps his american accent to try and keep people at, at ease and comfortable 
and try not to incite a panic. Mm-hmm. But like when he's talking and trying to like not like, lose his cool and you know freaking out, he he talks in a British accent, so it's good to play. <laughs> uh, but like weird things happen throughout the ship, you know, like the gravity goes awry and everybody like slams to one side of the ship and and stuff like that. And then uh, like apparently their poop in the ship is like what keeps the radiation, the cosmic radiation from killing everybody. You know, they like <laughs> keep it in the hole. Like that's where it stores at. And then the poop like gets like leaked out. Meanwhile, like an episode before two people died. So they have like a huge ceremonial, uh, sending them off into to the, uh, absence of space, but they eject the coffins wrong. So they get stuck in the ship's orbit. They're just constantly <laughs> drifting around. the ship. <laughs> and then the next episode when the poop leaks out, it just leaks out in orbit of around the ship. So they have this giant circular, like, Concophony of poo, <laughs> and then like everything gets so bad. At one point in, in an episode, they hear a beeping noise and they don't know what it is. And it happens like every thirty seconds, and it, it's so loud it like scares the. It's like a fire, like a you need to change the batteries in your <laughs> fire smoke detector. Yeah. <laughs> so like everybody freaks out, and their all the reactions of how they handle that beeping noise is so hilarious. <laughs> um, my favorite character uh, is played by Zach Woods. He's essentially like the morale. Enforcer, he's like trying to make everybody feel good, but he does it in such a stupid way. He'll like tell everybody like their odds of death, you know, and and he'll just basically be like, "Look, we're all probably gonna die," and that's it. (laughs) He just says it like that. I was like looking at you. I was like, "Okay, continue." That's essentially (laughs) how he is. You know, (laughs) he's like terrible at his. Everybody's terrible at their jobs, and they're all bumbling through trying to like make things work. And uh, Josh Gad, who does like the Elon Musk esque kind of guy. He's like super wealthy and rich. He's got like a Beatles skull in his room and stuff like that. He, he, and he'll, he'll just like scream things that he wants to have happen. And they're like insanely impossible things. Like, you know, I want a shuttle to come pick only me up and rescue me from this. And they actually do it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, things like that. So, um, but it's, it's hilarious. It's a really good show. And they're not too long. There's two seasons right now. I think each season is uh, seven or eight episodes, and they're like 30 to 40 minutes an episode. So uh, Will Smith, for some reason, is a producer in this show. Yeah. Hmm. Um, but, yeah, I, I enjoy it, and I'm just kind of watching an episode or two here and there. And uh, yeah, 28 to 29 minutes is each episode. Oh, yeah, that's not bad. So, yeah, I, I'm I'm super into it just to see how goofy it gets. And, you know, it's got a little bit of that Hugh Laurie, uh, uh, Black Adder kind of uh, – uh, comedy in it too, a lot of physical comedy and stuff. So, is this live action? Yeah, is it? Yeah, huh. yeah, it's great, great show. I, I recommend it. And uh, I mean, it's kind of a slow burn, but then they carry a lot of inside jokes, kind of like The Office, you know, through the episodes that you you find hilarious. So, yeah, I I mean, I'm not gonna rate it because I'm only like eight episodes in, so I don't want to know what it's like. And then the show is gonna keep going. So I'm sure they'll have like four or five seasons. So, uh, all right, moving on to my news. I have. Have you? Got, have we talked about the Last of Us TV show? We. I mean, we've mentioned it, but well, what, what, what you got? What you got well, what you got it's coming you? out pretty darn soon. Um, what, it, January. Um, I know. I know it's next year. It just says. Well, it just yeah, January 2023, and it'll be set in the year 2033. Because that's a science fiction year, not 2023. It doesn't sound like a science fiction year. Well, it's just, that's just next year. Yeah. They haven't panic. learned their lesson. They haven't, they're not planning far enough ahead. <laughs> <laughs> they 
2102. When was Back to the Future 2? What year was that? 1985. What, no, they went to like, what, 2012? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's so sad. Uh, so the last of us. Where's the, my flying car? The last of us is set in 2033, 20 years after the world's population has been decimated by a fungal infestation of the brain that initially makes the victims violently insane and feral and later destroys their eyes, forcing them to use echolocation to find people and rip their throats out. <laughs> so. You know, I'm just thinking about that, though. Back to the Future was, you know, expecting us to have this nice stuff going into the future. Uh-huh. This is expecting us to have bad stuff happen really quick. Well, for 2033. It's bad stuff. <laughs> they all go both either way, you know. So. It's either really, really good or really, really bad. Yeah. Well, I, and to be honest... I can probably see really, really bad. <laughs> it, it could be just more of the same. I don't know. But <clears throat> anyway, so uh, I played the games. Um, the games were fun. The story was amazing. Like, that's that, like a game where the story is the high point um, are, are the ones that people like. The gameplay is pretty simple and basic just survival and then try not to be caught. A little bit of stealth mechanics and stuff like that. But, you know, you crank it up by like really having you care about these characters and wanting the you know, see them get through adversity and stuff like that. And you're the one that's controlling their fate. So that's, that's what makes it so good. So for the, for there to be a video game adaptation uh, off of a very heavily story driven video game like this, I, I think that's a good idea. Um, and they got Pedro Pascal to play Joel, which is the, the father figure of Ellie, who's played by Bella Ramsey, both from game of Thrones. Um, you know, uh, but the only, they, I mean, obviously these actors don't look like those characters, but they they have the acting chops for it, so I'm They're down. Really for pushing it. Pedro Pascal, aren't they? He's he's great. Yeah, he, he, he everything he does is gold. He's got that uh that kind of you know uh, gritty, real kind of uh, visceral acting chops for especially for something as gritty and visceral as uh, The Last of Us is. So uh, I'm all for it. Um, the people who made this uh, are had producing chops in like Chernobyl and things like that. Okay, That's great television. So I'm I'm super interested to see how that will go. Uh, it's going to be on HBO, and yeah, so uh, I'm all for it. I hope that uh, it's not a letdown. The people who have had sneak peeks or previews of it all say that it's phenomenal television. So well, these are the people that did Chernobyl. They should be good. They should be. But, Chernobyl you know, was probably the best. Uh, TV yeah. in like the last ten years. TV show. It was the best nonfiction TV show. I'd say it was really darn good since like Band of Brothers. You know, yeah. so um, I'd say probably that. And like what Doctor Death. Doctor Death was, was really good too, but I mean, I could see why that one would fade into obscurity, as where Chernobyl should always stick around. So, um, but yeah. Uh, I'm I'm all for it. I'm excited to see where it goes. It seems like they put a lot of money into this. They put a lot of faith into the producers. I think that this will be a big deal. And uh, the production company for the video game Naughty Dog are going to get in ton, in, insane amount. They're also involved in the production of the show as well. They're going to get insane amount of uh, laurels from this and probably. They'll probably know. do Last of Us 3. Well, yeah, that's definitely uh, on the table. And they did uh, Uncharted. But they also helped make that movie. That movie didn't do very well. So it was a fun movie to watch, though. Yeah, we'll see what happens. But uh, I have mock Wahlberg. I hope that I hope that people Tom take Holland. the idea of how to adapt a video game into uh, a live action interpretation a little bit more seriously. 
and not just copy and paste stories. So we'll see what happens. Whatever it is they thought they were going to do with Halo. Uh, Yeah, we'll see what happens. So I didn't want to see Master Chief's face. It could be it could be bad like Halo. It could be because you know everybody. There's there's enough of a vagueness of a video game, of how you think what's going on in your world when you're playing this game is is specific enough to you that when they adapt that into a very linear format as television or movie, it's it's almost like, you know, they differentiate from what everybody's an individual ideal of what the interpretation would be. Well, like for Halo, do you remember the uh, the old commercials they had for the ODST, like the live action? Yeah. Yeah. You remember those, how, like, gritty and dark they were? Oh, yeah, like people died. Yeah, but those, those, were, those were snippets. But there's a guy named Stephen Ford who I've been trying to get on the podcast mm-hmm. to come and talk to us. Yes, Stephen. I've been sending messages on Twitter. He actually follows our uh, follows us on Twitter. Oh, hey, cool. Hey, but, Stephen. Uh, I'm trying to get him to uh, to come and talk to us. But come he, on, Stephen. He's actually working on a project. He was on the show Teen Wolf. Uh, oh, was he? Yeah. He, I watched all that. He was on that show, and he's been on several other things. But uh, I've been trying to get him to come on. He's making a He's working on a project where he's going to do like a, a more down to earth, like ODST style uh, Halo project that he's working on. Okay, that'd cool. probably so. be a better show than the Halo. Oh yeah, I think he does. Especially not, if they do it right. Yeah, he did not like the Halo show, and he's very Good. adamant about voicing that. And we agree with him. So please come on and tell us more about your I, show. I think ODST about ODST would be a much more uh, calmer, like easier interpretation because there's not Nathan a, Fillion being. It? So that's a good question. Uh, but the ODST uh, format is such a kind of more of an unknown yeah. uh, uh, compared to Master Chief and the Spartan program for Halo. So I think that would be a smart move. So. It, it would just be fun to see them because they're like the, the down to earth, like yeah. the, the gritty spec ops. Like ODST is kind of like, you know, they're the seals yeah. of UNSC. Yeah. yeah it, it's just like if you take a, a main plot, a main storyline, I, like, I don't know, Zelda or Mario Brothers or whatever. But I mean, you could take the entire Halo. <clears throat> continuity plot from Halos 1 and 3 even to 4 and insert new characters of, of ODST into it and it would still make sense yeah maybe but if you did it from their perspectives yeah instead yeah, of it'd be their instead of just rewriting the whole With it's them story. doing everything which wouldn't and, be true cause and it's that's, that's what I'm trying to explain when it comes to video games is like they either copy and paste or they rewrite the story and make it something completely different yeah and Either way, it's just either why do it to begin with or why did you screw it all up to begin with? Well, I mean, you could rewrite it where some of the ODST goes in and they influence things that help the Master Chief be successful. Yeah, so that's why... Uh, like they pull a mission, something happens, and it's like, yeah. oh, now we can do this because yeah. of them. That's why, um, you know, I don't know. Like, if you were to do a Band of Brothers knockoff or something like that, you could do a story of another soldier that was in a different unit from their perspective that went through the same events just saw it from his perspective, yeah. you know, and then if they did that with any other story, you know, you could do that with like the 82nd airborne. Right. And you, if you did that with any other story, if you did that with Halo, like you're talking about with the ODST troopers and stuff like that, you know, that'd be a good way to do that instead of just copy and pasting. But people for last of us, for instance, they want to see those main characters. They want to see, you know, the reason that relationship and, and, and that, that, uh, that struggle that those characters went through, but how do you retell it without saying it all over again? I don't know. So I mean, there was a big push just to do a um, clone commandos show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll see. Is that games? This was the same one from last week. No, it's not. It's not. No, this is Konami. It's a, an older Konami. Pretty sure we did it. 
No, last week was Activision. No, okay. I haven't heard that. Yeah, we did Activision last week. But anyways, I uh, I played Gotham Knights. <coughs> I beat it. I've been playing it since October 21st. Mm-hmm. Just been keeping it a secret from y'all. I know you were doing. Yeah, you, you knew yesterday. <laughs> what are you playing? You can't fool us. But uh, I've played the whole thing to fruition this morning. It took me two hours to beat the final mission. How many hours total? Oh, I don't know. It The way it counts, it's been 31 nights on the game. Okay. Because like every time it took you, you a month. Every time you go back to the belfry, you have to it stops. You know, does the next night. Mm-hmm. But uh, the only negative things I'll say about it is the graphics aren't up to par for a, a Series X game. It's, mm-hmm. but they're not bad graphics. They're just they could be better for what you know what system they're on. I nowadays. thought that this was supposed to be like the first new gen game it it is it's only new gen but for whatever reason the graphics just aren't up to par for what they should Hmm. be that sucks and then uh the the only other bad thing is it's not a four-player co-op at the moment stupid you can do uh, the story as two-player co-op and then there's a four-player co-op like mission stuff you can do stupid but that (laughs) that's that's the only drawbacks that's what keeps me from giving it a perfect score but it was a good story it was i Supposedly there was criticism for the story and the gameplay, and it doesn't make sense on who would criticize this because the story it doesn't Crazy. follow it doesn't just follow the comics it it makes up its own story. But in this, Batman's dead mm-hmm. uh, at the very beginning. He's you know, like they have a cinematic cutscene where he and Rachel Ghoul are fighting each other in the Batcave, mm-hmm. and basically the only way for Batman to survive or to you know to win the encounter. He just detonates the entire cave and collapses it on top of Ra's al Ghul. Mm-hmm. Because Ra's is like used the Lazarus Pit to some perfection to where he's like super powered almost where like he can teleport and stuff like that because he's, he's used it so much and so often. <clears throat> um, so, you know, Ra's is dead. Batman's dead. It leaves the, uh, the four. The Bat Kids. Basically. <laughs> leaves the four of them and the Alfred. Bat Boys. <laughs> to, to, to save Gotham. And then uh, you you have people like uh, Clayface, Harley Quinn, uh, Mister Freeze. They all show up throughout the city. You do different factions that are kind of warring throughout the city. Like you have the mob. Is the, is a Joker in there? No. He. They say this isn't connected to the Arkham games, but they allude that the Joker's dead. Okay. Just like in the Arkham games. Okay. <laughs> but is uh, it from the same makers of the Arkham games? No. Okay. This is made by uh, WB Montreal. Which they, they actually made the uh, Arkham Origins game, which okay. is it's connected to the other Arkham games, but it's it was like a prequel. Mm. But uh, the the game is really good. Like the you start off where your four guys have to save the city, and basically you're you're working around getting clues and stuff like that because Batman leaves you one more mystery, which you know. You've seen the the trailers and all that. It's the Court of Owls, mm-hmm. which Batman never you know found out before he died. So then you're trying to uncover the secret. Well, even the, like the Penguin and stuff is like, no, don't do this. These are people that you don't want to talk about because mm-hmm. you you have to go and talk to him in his iceberg lounge where he's trying to run a legitimate business mm-hmm. and stuff like that. But uh, it's it's neat because they do a really good job of keeping like you have the mob, you have the freaks, the regulators. You have the Court of Owls. Yeah. <laughs> You've got the uh, no, no. the uh, the League of Assassins. So I mean, there's a lot of different, I guess, variations of bad guys, and each bad guy that you encounter has like three or four variations of them. So there's a lot of 
it's not just re- repetitive fighting. Mm-hmm. Each one has different stuff that you have to learn how to fight against. And there's like upgrade mechanics and stuff too. Yeah, well, like each character, they there's at least thirteen different suits that they can have, mm. and for like half of those suits, you can change, like. You can change, like, there's three cowls to this one suit. There's three gauntlets, three chest emblems, and three boots that you can change for, like, half the suits. So there's so many co- different combinations that you can do. And then you have your... And their play styles are all different. All Yeah, all the play styles are different. But, like, uh, you have your abilities, which are different abilities that each that's individual to each character, and then your weapons, which are individual to each character. But you can change it with different mod components that you earn as you fight and that you find as you go around the city. So what would you describe each of the four playable characters? Uh, Nightwing is more just acrobatic, like hand-to-hand but acrobatic fighting style. Mm -hmm. Uh, Red Hood is basically just like a big brute and brawling where you beat him up and shoot him. Okay. Uh, The uh, Robin, he's he's got his bow staff, and then he does like a lot of tech stuff. Mm -hmm. And then... um, Batgirl. Batgirl. She's got like a nunchuck kind of thing, mm-hmm. but then she's she's the most actually like Batman as far as like abilities, detective and stuff. Yeah, like as far as like the other Batman games, she's the most like like Batman style where she's kind of a mix of all of it. And which Batgirl is this? Uh, Barbara Gordon. So she's not like paralyzed. No, they actually mentioned that where like she just like in the comics, she has developed this like neural chip that she put in her spine. That allows her to like be able to walk and stuff again. So she's no longer the Oracle anymore. Uh, she she does all that stuff, but she's not like solely that. Okay, interesting. But uh, they, I mean, they just do a lot really well job of like the, you have your abilities that you can do a that, lot really well job. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I want Shut that up. on a shirt. <laughs> <laughs> Entertain this a lot really well job. <laughs> <laughs> do they? Uh, do they have like uh, multiple endings, or does it clearly go one way? Each character has their own like story as you progress that you can only unlock as you do each character, and each one has a different ending. Okay, interesting. Um, they each have different dialogue. Like if you played the story as one going through the thing, they'll talk to the people a little different, mm. just depending on who you're using, uh, and you can switch at any time like to different characters. Just like you can't do the same mission over again. Mm. But uh, you can switch in and out, and as you level up, your other characters will level up too. Mm-hmm. Just the the one that you're using primary, you unlock more stuff for. Okay. But uh, it, it feels a lot more like a superhero because unlike the other Arkham games where you could, would just constantly hit the, the you know counter button, mm-hmm. which you've played more recently. Yeah. This one, you can hit that button, but it doesn't just like automatically attack them and beat them up for you. Mm-hmm. He'll, he'll like dodge. He'll evade. So that you still have to fight. Basically, you still have to use your gadgets, and you're you're still having to fight and time your attacks. Mm-hmm. the The evade button doesn't just automatically counter and beat them up for you anymore. Okay. So it 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 draws out the fight a little bit more, but it makes you feel like you know like you're actually the comic book superhero. You're fighting them instead of just like countering everything. Interesting. And then uh, it does a really good job of you know it's not just like a you get hit three times or shot two or three times in the like in the Arkham games and you're dead. You feel more like a superhero, like. Your suits are actually bulletproof. Mm. So, okay. There's there's tons of Easter eggs, and then they do a really good job of world building. Like, there's an email thing where it just, uh, like, uh, finding out that Batman died. Mm-hmm. Like, you check your emails, and there's one point, uh, 
Starfire has emailed Nightwing and talked to him. They have like a little conversation. Uh, Clark Kent emails Nightwing and talk, you know talking to him like, hey, you know, you know, sorry, you know, sorry for your loss. And they just do a really good job of interjecting other characters and dialogue that you hear like on people passing in the street and stuff like that mm. that make it feel like the world's a lot bigger than you know just is Gotham. It, is the Riddler's trophy still a thing? It's not, but they they do have a lot of things like they have batterings that are hidden throughout the city that you know you can go and find. There's like missions. Um, I hate the Riddler's trophy. There's like acrobatic missions that you can go and find that Bruce Wayne's left throughout the city. There's like Court of Owl kind of like hidden secrets that you can go and find throughout the city. There, I mean, there's tons of stuff. I haven't even gotten into all of those things. Mm. I just mostly focused on the main story just to get through it, so I could you know have that to review for. Okay, but uh, I mean, like I said, I, I'm giving the game an eight out of ten because I've really enjoyed it. It's it, it it's my favorite game so far. Well, if they made it four player co-op, I would get it. Th- they do have some missions that are going to be like that. I'm hoping that they'll make the whole story that way. Mm-hmm. Um, but probably not. It, I don't know. It, I, I still haven't played any co-op missions yet because I wanted the whole you know feel of it. You know, playing my own single player game so far. Okay, I'm gonna try the co-op out. There's a lot of uh, like tandem stuff you can do when you have like a, a partner that they do special moves and stuff like that. So we'll see. Mm. I can just tell you that fighting Talia at the end is a pain. Well, and, she's the big boss. Yeah. Mm. And uh, so was Batman. <laughs> Go ahead and spoil it. Wow. <laughs> Thanks, Mitch. <laughs> because uh, <clears throat> she tries to bring him back with the... Uh, Lazarus Pit. Yeah. And she does. And he's like under her control. And you have to beat him up and convince him to. Well, hopefully you're not too interested in this game and to come back and spoil it. It's been out for a month, okay. <laughs> and then uh, Batman doesn't die. Well, and then he dies. No, <laughs> because he the uh, the Court of Owls find the Lazarus Pit, which is their objective the entire time. Mm-hmm. But uh, Talia found it after she thinks that she's gotten rid of the court, and then while you're fighting her, they show up in the middle of the fight, and Batman after you've saved him. It, because this is a three-stage fight. You have to fight Batman, then you have to fight Talia. The court shows up, Talia, like, upgrades, and then you have to fight her again. Well, at the end of it... So it's an Elden Ring boss battle. Pretty much. Okay. At, at the end of it, to keep the court from getting a hold of the... Why are they chanting in Latin? <laughs> to keep the court from getting a hold of the Lazarus Pit, Batman basically just, like, crashes the uh, the bat plane into the Lazarus Pit and detonates it one more time to blow up the entire what was left of the... But he's not really dead. No, he's dead. <laughs> they 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 His confirm head it comes at the flying end. out <laughs> on fire. <laughs> they confirm it at the end. They're like, yeah, we we scoured scoured the wreckage, and you know, he's really gone this time. Oh, <laughs> so is he? Poor Bruce did take his mask off and like it was Bruce Wayne all time. Oh, all this time, I can't believe it. <laughs> no, it's it was uh, Nightwing and them talking about it. But, okay, but they, they do a really good job of like the the voice actors and just the dialogue between Alfred and the other four. Working on things. Kevin, so Kevin Conroy. Conroy, the voice of Batman. No, oh. I don't. I didn't recognize any of the, the voice actors in this. Oh well. Does he sound like Batman? You only hear him a couple of times, so he, he doesn't really. I mean, he's Batman. Yeah, but he, most of the time you, you hear him, he's talking as Bruce Wayne. You're so. not supposed to know who doesn't. So, <laughs> anyways, I'll go on to my news. Okay. Warzone One will be going offline on November 16th. Good for 12 days. <laughs> Good. Who cares? Because <laughs> they said because they wanted to make sure that the uh, the servers or whatever could handle the launch of Warzone 2. Whatever. Moving on. What else got? The cosmetics definitely will not be carrying over officially by according to Activision. No surprise there. 
They want your money. <laughs> but the, that's all my that's all my Warzone stuff I had. We'll move on to the the Wolong Fallen Dynasty. Ah, yes, Wolong Fallen Dynasty. That's the uh, the name of the FromSoft version of like a new Elden Ring kind of game that's coming out. In, I think they said February, mm-hmm. but uh, they said that there was an early like alpha test of it, and then mm-hmm. they really talked about how with it being a martial arts like you know dynasty kind of stuff. They they said the the gameplay could really use some speeding up and more fluidness. And they said with this most recent beta that it's a lot faster and a lot smoother to where it fits more like a martial arts kind of mm-hmm. fighting game. And they said that makes it a lot better, whereas like Elden Ring was like, you know, sword and sandal kind of like hack and slash and stuff like that, mm-hmm. where this will be a lot more, you know, like flips, you know, sword for sword fighting, kind of like the uh, Crouch of Tiger. Like Destiny hidden. Warriors. Well, yeah. Or like, Dynasty Warriors. Yeah, something kind of like that. A lot more fluid, like, you know, martial arts looking fights to it. And this comes out in February? Supposedly, yeah, mm. February or March. And it is from Soft. From what I understood, that's I had to I had to double check, but I'm pretty sure it was from from the same company that made uh, Elden Ring. And they still haven't done an expansion or anything. No. And then uh, my next bit of news is Lion Lionsgate wants to make a AAA John Wick game. Okay. <laughs> and then lastly, that's Battlefield 2042 is coming to Game Pass. <laughs> They have an event coming up, I think, next month or something like that. I'm oh. shocked it took them this long to come to Game Pass. The, they're coming out with an event the same time that Warzone comes out, pretty much. They're like, hey, we were on Game Pass yeah. now, and everybody's going to be like, who cares? You yeah. guys suck this whole so, time. So you want to wait till now to put your stuff on Game Pass. Yeah, because they know if they do it next year when Call of Duty's owned by Xbox yeah. and on Game Pass. So, stupid. Yeah. <laughs> stupid. Battlefield's done. So, well, I don't know if they're done, done, but they're done right now. Well, until they come back out with something good. That being said, Warzone is coming out next week on Wednesday. Yes. So we will probably do a special for our next recording. Uh, this will by the time you hear this, Warzone will be out. So we'll probably do a special recording for our next week, talking about our Warzone adventures. Yes, I'm calling it now. Warzone adventures. Warzone adventures. All right. And Mitch, Tom, Mitch, and Hayden. I worked. Th- Three days of overtime. Mitch week. will find time to play with us. He's doing it for the podcast. Do it for the pod. I work every night when y'all are off. You just take your Xbox. All right. <laughs> That's it for this episode. Work. Goodbye from Mitch. Bye. Goodbye from Tom. Bye, Tom. And goodbye from me. And goodbye. Goodbye.